everyone, welcome back to the Book and Life podcast. Today we're going to have a brand new book guest on. Whether they're an author, an editor, a producer, you'll never quite know, so you're in for one hell of a ride. But today I just have to uh, do the adverts and then I'll get us straight into that most important conversation. And as as we do every week, um, I'm going to read The Shadow which is part of the Time Guardian series, and this is book four from Marianne Curley. The battle is over, the war is won. The prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope with tragic loss. At odds with friends in the guard, he finds himself adrift, jumping in shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there. Blaming herself for the goddess Athena's death, Giselle swears revenge to fullify the immortal's plan for world domination, but Giselle hadn't planned on love, and that leaves her with an unbearable choice. Should she follow her heart or the strings of a goddess short on praise but high on expectation, who continues to pull her from the grave? As the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness looks round every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? And just a reminder that The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Aiken, sorry, Rosemary Rowan, um, is being donated to the Ukraine refugee crisis. And here's the blurb for her book. It's uh, one of her... Roman British crime series, which was written under her maiden name. All editions can be found online where all books are sold, even her agents donating her commission. Sorry, I don't have the blurb for that, but uh, that's that's what she's doing. And now, without further ado, let's get you to the guests. So guys, I promised you a fantastic author, and boy... Boy, have we found one today. She is new, she is shiny, she is amazing, and she will just blow your socks off into the moon. It is the book of the year as far as I'm concerned. You've got to get your hands on it. But before we talk about the book, I want to all of you to invite and welcome to your hearts the beautiful Hester. So how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks ever so much for having me on the podcast. It's an honor. Like I saw your your book and I was just so excited. So tell everybody about it. Tell them like what's it about and and where did you get the aha I've got to write this story moment from? Okay. So to start it's called The Beholders and it begins we find out that the aristocratic wife of an MP is accused of murdering their baby son and she's on trial for it. But the story begins a few months early earlier properly and it's told completely through the diaries of a housemaid who goes to work for them at their estate and that's Harriet who is blown away by where she's ended up this grand house with just beautiful things in it and she doesn't seem very much of the master at first but the mistress is this compelling but erratic woman who has an extraordinary singing voice and sings so Harriet's surrounded by all this incredible art and music 
Um, but she she begins to realize that something isn't quite right. She there aren't really enough servants in this massive house, and they're all beautiful as well, whereas Harriet isn't really by Victorian standards. Um, and they all seem surprised and quite hostile that she's there. And yeah. there's also she notices that in all this beautiful artwork, uh, some of the paintings they have quite sinister hidden meanings. Um, and her mistress Clara. She's although she's this compelling woman, she's clearly alienated from her own child. There's weird things going on. So Harriet uh, decides she doesn't want to go home and marry her childhood sweetheart, which is really what is expected of her. She doesn't really want to be a housemaid either. So she she really becomes kind of enthralled with the situation in the house and tries to find out what's going on, and soon begins to regret that <laughs> because it's quite of course, dark. yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's all about there's a lot in it about power and how power can present itself so it doesn't it's not always what it seems and the idea for it it actually was a real surprise to me because I didn't mean to write a historical novel at all I had this big idea for a novel that was set in the present and it would have a historical subplot which would be a diary sort of ticking along in the background but my main character was this present-day woman who whose life falls to pieces and she ends up traveling through North Africa. <laughs> so oh, very okay. different. But yeah. I started writing the diary and it just took over. Once Harriet's voice started um, motoring, I, I couldn't get her to shut up. And I just I know realized that, that, yep. yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? How it takes control. And I realized that, yeah, this, this story, this backstory was actually much bigger and probably more interesting than the one I'd had in mind. So I just decided to go for it, just throw the rest out and and ended up writing. And so now I'm a historical novelist. <laughs> but that's the way, plan, like, great. no, it's never the plan. Like I, when I started, um, I thought, okay, I'm never, I didn't want to get into wrestling. I'd grown up with wrestling. I'd grown up with wrestlers all my life. Oh, and uh, yeah, like, honestly, it's like little and large. You see this little five foot one and a half chick that's skinny like a snake like a like a rail you know just mm -hmm. a rail and then you see these like six three seven foot tall giants next to me and they're like three four hundred pounds and you think what an earth am I looking at and I was the <laughs> writer and, and they were the performers and I would be you know I was a little bit like Napoleon <laughs> so they all knew where I was at any given time uh in fact there was this guy that i worked with and every time i came in a room he went back out the other the, the, the nearest door essentially because he knew that um if i was coming to talk to him it was because he screwed up so he would always be checking to make sure if i you know he'd screwed anything up because he didn't want this five foot one woman you know bringing him to tears in front of the rest of these you know very manly men wow so, about um, power coming from unexpected sources Exactly. And that feeds into what you were saying. And so when I started, I was writing romances and my publisher came and she's like, why don't you do something with wrestling? Because you've got a lot of wrestling, you know, support, you know, wrestlers that you like, you're friends with. And so I joined up with my co-writer, Joey Legend, who's one of the most uh, legendary trainers in wrestling. He trained some of the best out of Europe and Africa he's just constant mm -hmm. and we ended up writing Marie's World and it was the same thing like we had planned to do this huge 
family story. And, you know, it's twins turning on each other. One's famous, one feels left out. So the other one publishes her twins' diaries to get back at her. And this becomes this huge entangled web. And before um, I knew it, I'd given every single character their own book, the right, main yeah. group, their own books, so that they could tell it from their point of view. Mm-hmm. And it became like a spider web. And I never, ever thought about doing contemporary fiction. I was like, I'm a romance writer. That, you know, mm-hmm. you can do them as standalones. And then I realized, actually, I can't write a standalone. I'm a series writer. And the more that I kind of have done over the last sort of uh, 14 years, the more I realized, actually, this is this is my this is my voice. This is my style. And I'm sticking to it. But I managed to create a subgenre in sports romance that never existed. And it's kind of weird because it's sometimes sports romance and it's sometimes contemporary fiction. So it's kind of like the two clash together and, and readers really get something unique. And it's never, you know, it's not been done before. It probably never will be done again. But that yeah, that's really interesting. was just like totally took me by surprise. It was never, yeah. never the intention. And I think that's the wonderful thing about writing is that you can do that. You can have that experience and life. Um, I will have to get you a copy of Marie's World. I, I'm pretty sure you will enjoy it. And you'll be like, yeah, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll get all emotional about it. Most people do. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just like, it again, that's looking at power because in wrestling, power is something that they're all in a way searching for. You know, the champion is the one with the most power because they're the ones that have got the company on their back and they're they're mm-hmm. pulling it into the next chapter of their story. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so it, much drama and theatre yeah. in wrestling in that world. It's such a great, great it place to explore for fiction, those stories, yeah. Yeah, and, and if anybody's looking to really understand the smaller elements of wrestling in a really honest way, uh, there's a show called The Wrestlers on Netflix right now mm-hmm. and the trainer Al Snow who is a very good friend of mine is on there and he oh, breaks himself and he breaks his heart because he really believes in, in this wrestling company that he's helping and he's working with and to see to see the side of him that's not the performer like everything mm-hmm. on that reality show is him like mm-hmm. his passion his push his drive things he does for the people he trains is all legit and i think again it shows him like he shows them how to take their power Mm -hmm. uh, and hold on to it in a a world where essentially they're all trying to outdo each other just so Mm -hmm. that they can stay on the card and stay ahead of everything and and i think what he teaches is really amazing Uh, so that's something you can have a nosy uh, around when you're sitting on yeah, Netflix absolutely. and five like very interesting dynamics. Yeah, and I mean, um and that that's the weird thing. Like I look at the wrestlers I know now and I think, wow, like I'm just a small girl from a small Scottish island. Like how is it that I'm here and I know all these different people but um writing that's what's takes great you some about... crazy places. Yeah. Yeah, well that that's I love um in fiction when it really takes you somewhere else. And you know that the writer knows what they're talking about, whether it's their own experience or they've done the research and have found those details that really bring a world alive. And when, yeah, when you can go somewhere that you just wouldn't have gone with it, that's, yeah, what it's all about. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing journey. Like, when I looked at your book, I was like, oh, this is another Catherine Cookson, but better. Like, I loved 
her work growing up as a kid. Like, I wasn't supposed to read it at the age I was reading it because my nun was like, whoa, that's not what you're supposed to be reading. Here, have this children's book. Um, but it was the first book I read being dyslexic myself and, mm. and knowing Catherine is dyslexic. I didn't have to correct it in my head. That's I could just great. read it. You know, wow. and I wasn't having to slow down. I wasn't having to worry about it. And I, I adore her work for that reason. There's some of the short stories I'm like, no, really sure where you're going with this. But when she does the actual big novels, I just find the world creation and the research and the dialect and the language she puts in there. It makes you feel like you're physically there watching it or you're physically mm-hmm. there experiencing it. And that's what I got from yours. And that's why I'm super excited to review yours because I'm like, oh, another great one. Like I, I sir, I've been almost like my entire reading career since I was like nine or 10, been searching for that person that could replace Catherine. And <laughs> I found a fantasy writer that was really close. Her name was uh, Rachel Kane, who sadly passed away now. Okay. But uh, I've never. You're like the closest one to that that I. Oh that I wow! Found. That is that is. I thank you so much. That what a compliment. And, and, you know, and, and and I don't give out compliments uh, willy nilly, and I you know people really have to earn it. But I feel like that was yours. Like when I pick it up and I and I hear that it's coming from the housemate, and it's it's told from such a unique, humanized angle. I mean. That was like what got me excited about it. I was like, this is why I wanna I wanna read this book because this is connecting me into the, the people that I understand, the hardworking ones, mm-hmm. ones that are essentially forgotten about. Like they're mm-hmm. the flies on the wall and they see exactly. everything and they hear everything and, and Yeah, know, that, they're that the was ones inspired. who see what's going on and can tell yeah. the story really. They're the best placed people. Um yeah, that's partly why I called it the beholders that idea of the yeah the people who can actually see who know the truth who know the whole story aren't yeah. always the ones that are in the spotlight at all and they're also not often the people who can't who can't say what's actually going on for whatever reason yeah I found that interesting in my book that you know she discovers the truth but to protect other people she can't actually do what she wants to do which is expose others and then there's that yeah. question of complicity and, and how far do you go and what's the right thing to do which is really interesting and I love that too like it's, it's such a unique area to explore too because it must mm. be the internal conflict that she goes through just like trying to understand like well what's my place in this what can I do what can't I do mm. and then almost being torn over that you know mm. like that that to me is great and actually I was just thinking there uh Tracy Reese's uh she just did a, a beautiful historical about a Polish painter and this mm. this girl from high society and how she falls in love with the painter but the painter's technically using her uh, for his own yeah. ends and then her yeah. life is completely just falls apart and it's it's the butler in training that kind of saves her and uh-huh. saves the day I'm trying to remember what it was called, but it's not coming to me. But it's a great example of how we're now focusing on the staff and telling mm-hmm. the story from the staff or the younger points of view for stories mm-hmm. like this. And I think that's, I think in a way, we're all kind of keeping Catherine going by doing it that way. And I, I think mm-hmm. she would appreciate it. I think she's chuckling up there and, and having fun <laughs> yeah. being like, oh, see, see all those years I've done it myself. 
you know, and, and here I am sprinkling my magic into into the historical fiction. And I think she was a big part of of moving that forward. And actually, a writer that I got to know fairly recently, um, she did Self Control, which was actually the inspirational novel for uh, Jane Austen. Hmm. So. Jane Austen's sarcasm, her wit, actually came from this writer, and I'm trying to remember what her name is, and I'm going to look it up because I don't want to get this wrong. But she was, um, she really inspired, like, she was not known. She was a little, she was a, a pastor's wife in Orkney, mm-hmm. so she was not known to anybody. Um, and she was just this just this unknown person with this you can tell she's got dyslexia and it was just moving it was so mm. so moving to to read this story and it was talking about control and obsession and how mm. men at that time could be like that and there was no consequences for it and it was like exactly. this was like hundreds of years before like that was even being discussed like you know mm-hmm. and and to know that that jane read that novel and was like i'm going to steal this this passionate this sarcastic voice for my own end so to speak i just yeah i loved it and i thought go girl just yeah just yeah, now that i know you know i just loved it yeah um so i'm trying to you know that way it's gonna bother me now because I'm like oh I know what it is and <laughs> I know I'm having to yeah, start it's interesting because sorry oh no go ahead please um yeah just thinking about how yeah women there must have been so many women like that mm-hmm. whether they were writing or not you know their writing wouldn't have survived it I'm just thinking how it struck me doing research for the beholders and reading diaries and letters of servants the ones that have survived and just how sparky and opinionated they are it's it's really yeah. interesting and it's a shame that there aren't there isn't there isn't more that's readily available yeah and i think i think it's 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 one of those ones that particularly in the islands i think there was an almost And almost kind of a, an idea of what was expected, mm. um, an idea of what was considered suitable or acceptable. Absolutely. For her living in Orkney, it must have been even worse because Orkney is such a small place. Mm. Um, Very difficult to move out of the life that's been prescribed for you. Mary Brunton, that's who it was. Mary Brunton. Oh, right. Mary Brunton. And she also did Emmeline which is the one that I can't wait to read. Oh, yes. Um, and that, that's what I was thinking of. And so she was an incredible writer in that regard. Like, I could, I think my own sarcasm comes from, because I don't do sarcasm. Anybody that knows me, I don't get sarcasm at all. I, I take it as criticism, and I'm awful with it. But when I'm writing, my sarcasm comes through, and my, my back chat comes through, and my wit comes through, and, uh, like, how can you not do that in real life? And I'm like, so does it come through characters? It comes through the characters. It just yeah. like, and a lot of the characters I write are parts of me, are parts of my history that I've brought to life. You know, mm. 
I always say writing is the character you, have to you ever character have, to you know? kind of get back to yourself, those bits yeah, of you. Yeah, it's, it's a really good way, especially with, like, when I hit sort of 19, 20, I had to change my life and how I was living and how I was operating because I have rheumatoid arthritis. So it had come back and I was like, well, how do I now live my mm-hmm. the life that I want to live? And I, I essentially started writing these stories and living the life I wanted through the characters and being like, let you know, I, I might not be able to get out of the ward for three months, but hey, I can go to LA and I can do stuff in LA, you know, like yeah, I can pretend to be there for a while. Yeah, fantastic. And, and that was a lot of escapism for me. Do you get that escapism feeling when you're writing? Like you get to just forget what's happening right now and just be, be yeah, elsewhere? Yeah, I find it completely consuming. It's quite weird because I find that when I'm in it, everything else falls away and you sort of step outside of time you and do, nothing yeah. else really matters. And then, but I find that I kind of forget that when I step away from it. Mm-hmm. And that those are the times I think, oh gosh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I always feel guilty. What am I yeah, doing? I always feel guilty because... Yeah. yeah, it's like it, there's it a guilt to it. Like I call it the author guilt, where you know you're having a conversation with your best friend, but in your mind, you're thinking about the story that you're writing at home, or the next one you're wanting to do, or yeah. the next idea that's just sitting there, just waiting for you to like pick it up and run away with it, you know. Um, and I always yeah, I have, moments, yeah like, I have a certain idea, and then yeah, it's kind of like you're kind yeah. of itching to get it down onto your phone really quickly or something, so you know it'll go. I've started sitting with a notebook at her. Yeah. I have it next to me. And she knows, like, if my hand's secretly moving, it's because yeah. I'm making notes just on something. And she just she just goes with it now. She's just like, oh, it's Crystal being Crystal, you know, like she's writing. <laughs> she's, she's got an idea. At least she's writing. Um, <laughs> because when I'm not writing, apparently I'm absolutely miserable to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta love it. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's rude. I just wilt if I'm not doing it. I can't, yeah. It is, a, it is something that seems to drive. Oh, yeah, it's a strange, strange thing. It's a it's a beautiful thing, but it's also mm-hmm. diverse at the same time. Yeah. So, what yeah. can the, the the fans and the readers look forward to? What are you working on that you're excited and passionate about at the moment? Well, what I'm the next project I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so that again, it's Victorian. I'm sticking mm-hmm. historical, uh, similar periods of 1880s, and I'm interested in the clash in that time between. Oh the two different worlds because uh, science was coming up in Victorian times. It was when they were really yeah. sort of leaning into the rational uh, approach to the world. And, and then there was also this incredible spiritualist movement that was happening at the same time. So I have uh, my character, she's brought up by a spiritualist who is actually for most of her time, a charlatan, <laughs> but does oh, okay. uh, claim to have real uh, second oh. sight and that sort of yeah. thing yeah um but basically uses my character and won't tell her who her parents are if she's her mother or what she just says she came oh. from the spirits and yeah. so my heroine she ends up managing to get away she escapes she ends up working for an archaeologist and becomes an archaeologist herself which was no mean feat for a woman at that time and mm-hmm. but she cannot escape this other world it comes to her through the dig she's working on and all the folklore around it and then this whole spiritualist world um, which she has rejected but cannot completely convince herself there isn't anything in it 
uh, comes yeah. back to haunt her as well. So she's kind of struggling, being pulled between these two, as she sees it, separate and disparate things. So that's a lot of fun that. at the moment. I'm really enjoying doing I can't reading wait to read that. I will, be, I will be waiting by the letterbox being like, I hope she's not going to be as soon as it's done we'll definitely have to have you back on to talk about that i adore victorian period times anything victorian you've got me it's Um, such a great period and it's yes and so not similar at the same time yeah and i think victorian times was a really big time for shetland people as well because we were Mm. we were almost like the vikings for like it was the viking community for so long and then Mm. i'd been scotland goddess kind of about that time where you know we were given as a gift to the Scottish royal family, and it was almost like a complete change of worlds for them mm-hmm. because they had a fort that was built, and there was you know the the whole town was kind of essentially rebuilt in this idea of what this secret island could be, and I think the idea mm-hmm. was to have the Scottish royal family stay there, so they were essentially building these phenomenal buildings for this this idea that it would be like a place for the royal family to go to and uh-huh. be safe and protected and to have that time. And instead, they were forgotten about. And right. all that that traditional sort of Victorian architecture and that dark, like, stone-built buildings that rise mm. out of the sea like magic just dominates landscape there now. And it just has such an amazing magical draw to everybody i think it's uh that's why i love that period because that was a change it was a huge change yeah they didn't have another big change until the 70s when they got oil for the first time right so you know seeing like the landmarks of of how my community changed over the the decades um and we're really big into history up there Mm, like i think the viking part of it is just so strong that we're yeah. all like we want to know everything we can and and everybody in the islands travels and they go visit countries so that they can learn about it but they're also spreading this message of come see Shetland you know we're all yeah. like little little like campaigners in the, in a sense yeah. um and I'm I'm so proud of the island and like how well it's changed and it just it keeps surviving no matter the tests and punishments it's thrown it's it just keeps finding ways to yeah I remember forward. reading I won't be able to remember who wrote it or what it was called but it was um yeah. I think it was someone from Shetland and he he was mm-hmm. talking about how Shetland that people have sort of passed through Shetland over the years and centuries sort of different people have come through it but they're always Shetlanders because the actual place itself is so powerful and has such an it impact is, yeah. on whoever lives there you cannot yeah it changes you you can't really change it that much it's very true yeah Yeah. it's like i always describe it as somebody secretly attaches an elastic band to your backside and no matter how hard you fight and how long you stay away eventually Mm. that band pings and you end up before you know it sitting in the island like yeah when did this happen why am i here (laughs) you know you just have that moment where you you get I almost call it homesickness, but it's not. It's like this desire just takes over and you have to go back and you have no yeah. logical explanation for it. You just drop everything and you just go. And then I've it seen owns you. people that haven't been back in decades and then all of a sudden they just, they are literally just packing everything and they're just going home for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always been that kind of, we call it true north. 
true north mm-hmm. is true love in Shetland. And we <laughs> yeah. always say, you know, if you're ever lost, go north. Go north to your home. Yeah. And oh, no matter where I live, like, there's this huge part of me that says Shetland's home. Shetland mm. will always be home, no matter mm. how bad it gets or what I have to do in life. That's that's the place that will always be home. And I mm. love that. I adore yeah, that part. And I think special. that's, if everyone could feel that way about where they've grown up and they've mm. gotten to live their dreams, I think that is probably the most special gift that the world can give you. Yeah, yeah, that is lovely. So what are you reading that's making you excited right now? What's what's got you itching? Um, there's a few things. Uh, there's, I've just finished Yellow Face by Rebecca F. Kuang, I think it is. Uh-huh. Um, and that's that's really fun. That's just a really, really fun read. Um, yeah. It's a, and especially from a writing point of view, because it's about a struggling writer who mm-hmm. steals the first draft of her much more successful friend of her latest book because her friend dies and passes it off as her own. And then obviously bad things happen. <laughs> um, yeah. But it, it's, it's such a great idea. And in it, she explores all the things in publishing, I think, that have irritated her or confused her or baffled her. So I found myself... Yeah almost reading it like a handbook because I'm new to this completely and thinking oh <laughs> I don't know how publishing works or how the whole machinery kind of comes together of course yeah and so I was, I was like oh okay so don't do that on social media and uh <laughs> you can expect yep, this yep. there's your... a lot of people learning that the hard way yeah I've seen <laughs> yeah. I've seen a career die before it even gets started because oh, they went yeah, on and had a, yeah. an argument with an art reader and I'm like oh, oh no. yeah no girl no what are you doing no, don't, don't never read your bad reviews. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you can just fall down a hole and total obsession. You, can, you go into a rabbit hole that you just don't come out of. Yeah. No. Yeah. Stepping yeah. yeah. over that for sure. Never <laughs> good. Never good. And I, I always say that like this, my first piece of advice when somebody tells me, oh, I'm going to be published soon. And I'm like, okay, this is what you don't do. Don't get good reads. Don't go on social media and read your bad reviews. Just don't. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm just going to sidestep that. I think it must be really overwhelming if you do it. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like, I've I've had the could not finish reviews. I've had the, the reviews where they just tear it apart. And I always say, like, it's not worth it because you put your heart and soul into it. You've given them the best product you can give them. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. You can't, you can't change that. You can't change that opinion. So exactly. there's no point in arguing. I kind of feel like, yeah, you still own those hours of their life, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you just have to understand whatever they thought. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and and that's always the best piece of advice I always say to people. And uh, don't you know? Don't get too wound up on it. Don't focus too much on it. Just kind of go with it and see what happens. And I would say enjoy this as much as you Mm -hmm. can because you never know. Like the time flies so fast, and enjoy like conversations with readers, like take the time have that five minutes or whatever with coffee or just standing outside a hotel have that Mm. five minutes because you never know if that's ever going to last or if you're ever going to have the opportunity again and I always say grab grab it with both hands and enjoy it every step of the way and absolutely yeah more than worth it yeah (laughs) well you survived the book and life podcast that's it oh (laughs) I told you it flies by you have the most fun ever and uh you know, it's 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 refreshing because it's just a conversation with people. It's just 
an opportunity to let loose and to relax and everybody understands media is a nightmare so yeah 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 and it's just lovely to yeah chat books so guys uh come back next week as we have another fantastic guest on and uh, we're getting the podcast rolling again so there's always something new on always something exciting to listen to but please be safe guys out there with storms and with all the different things happening in the world and just remember a book is only as far away as you can reach so make sure you pick up a copy of Esther's book because it sounds like a number one bestseller and I will be praying that it is. Um, and uh, yeah, have, have a good week, guys.